This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Get ready for the event of the summer, the Northwoods Throwdown Charity Softball Game. Maine Game Wardens versus New Hampshire Game Wardens. Hadlock Field, Portland, Maine, home of the Sea Dogs. Saturday, August 3rd, gates open at 4 p.m., Meet the Game Wardens playing and be there early for all the events leading up to the game. Get your tickets soon at Portix.com. That's P-O-R-T-T-I-X.com. This is Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and I'll see you there. The first sponsorship on Warden's Watch is Trail Runner Wireless Internet, available in Coas County and Washington County, Maine. High-speed internet for rural areas. And they're the company I work for, other than podcasting. So, and I, I thank you for their support. Uh, this is high-speed internet r- rural areas, making my podcast happen and making businesses happen in remote places, as well as bringing technology to you folks when you live out in the country. Please go to mytrailrunner.com and like the page on Facebook as well. That would help them a lot and help me to continue Warden's Watch. Guidefitter.com. Guidefitter, bridging you to the outdoors while providing a quality platform for guides and outfitters for you to select from. Guidefitter is the best place to get discounts on gear if you're an outdoor professional. As a game warden, I'm a member of the Outdoor Government Program, which has over 80 quality brands to get discounts from. It's free to join. Yes, free to join. And all you need to do is prove that you're an active outdoor government employee. There are all kinds of products available. Apparel, boots, archery equipment, optics, backpacks, cameras, watches, ammo, anything, you name it. And while you're there, check out the articles, information, and stories that you'll be inspired from. So before you head out to work in the outdoors or start your next outdoor adventure, check out GuideFitter.com and get discounts on your everyday or every so often outdoor equipment. This is Game Warden Wayne Saunders for GuideFitter. Wish you could fish more anywhere, anytime. Rod Geeks, a St. Croix Rods partner, has developed a 42-inch one-piece travel rod designed and built with the same technology found in St. Croix Rods. This travel rod is offered as a kit that comes with the RG42 rod, spinning reel, fishing line, pliers, and tackle tray. All in a case with space for your wallet, phone, and fishing license. Just grab and go. Perfect to keep in your pickup, car, or RV. This shorty performs much like a longer rod, but is compact enough for easy storage and for on-the-go use. Make this the summer you fish more. RodGeeks.com Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures, protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public, and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves game wardens. This is Game Warden, 
Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch. Hey, welcome to episode nine. Here we are again. It's It's been great. It's been good. And thank you for all the input everybody's giving me. Um, I'm learning. I'm changing things up. And some of the input I got today was, you know, I need to, to move outside New Hampshire and Maine. But we're going to stay there for a while, and I've got my reasons. So we have a up-and-coming game, softball game, between Maine and New Hampshire game wardens, New Hampshire conservation officers and the Maine Warden Service. And I, there's two guys that were highlighted on the poster boys, so to speak, the, that were the, the guys that photographed for the publicity of this Eric Fluett and Chris McCabe. And I want you to hear about those guys. It's pretty cool, pretty awesome photos that we were able to do to take those guys uh, and to promote this event. And, you know, what an awesome podcast, I thought, was to take those two individuals and put them before the event so you guys get a little bit of insight into these officers before the event. If you're going to the event, you can listen to it. You get a little more insight. Uh, If you're going to you know, listen to the event later, which I hope I can live stream it. So uh, I'm going to be working on that. But, you know, you get a little more insight to the guys you see and the guys that are going to play in the softball game. And it's just a good fundraiser for Operation Game Thieves, uh, International Wildlife Crime Stoppers, Make-A-Wish. So it's just going to be an awesome opportunity. And to take these two guys that are the poster boys and then give you some insight into it, I think that's cool. So we're going to do this to the, today's episodes with Greg Serpris, Maine Operation Game Thief Chair. And then we're going to move into two with Eric Fluett and then Chris McCabe. So right before the game, everybody can get an inside into these guys. And they are awesome individuals, and you're going to hear about that. Eric and I did a podcast back-to-back. Eric and I have a lot of history together. We have fun together. Just a dynamic interview, I thought, that we can relate to each other. We have fun. And I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to really enjoy Eric's two podcasts back-to-back and then Chris McCabe to follow that up, the cleanup hit, so to speak. And then we're going to go right into the softball game, which will be a pretty awesome event, you know, the eastern side of the United States to to promote wildlife law enforcement, uh, Operation Game Thieves, and get the word out there. So that's kind of my plan right now. And then we're going to branch off. We're going to go somewhere across the country with an interview with an officer from somewhere else. So, and that was my uh, information today. Uh, My buddy called me and said, who was a former game warden as well, and said, hey, you need to break out of Maine and New Hampshire. Well, I did. I went to Vermont with uh, Lieutenant Dave Gregory. But uh, that's the plan. We're we're going to move around. We're going to interview some women. I've had some requests from that. It's just, uh, there's a lot going on and it's a lot to get out to everybody. Having fun doing it having fun having you connect to the game wardens your game wardens the people that serve you that protect your wildlife uh, to make that connection to understand them to understand maybe wildlife a little better i've uh, lined up some interviews with biologists and I'm, I'm i'm just excited about this whole wardens watch podcast to bring you guys information that maybe you normally wouldn't get So that you can sit back, whether you're driving or whether you're doing something else, and listen to it and just get that information. Maybe understand why game wardens do what they do. So, And Greg Serpis is the chair of Maine Operation Game Thief. And you guys always hear me preach about Operation Game Thief. But we have TIP, which is turn into poacher. Wildlife Crime Stoppers Maryland is Wildlife Crime Stoppers. I love that name because it defines what we are. Today's society, Operation Game Thief. My buddy did a... A survey out of kids and asked him what Operation Game Thief was, and that's Josh Hurst in Arizona. He did it just kind of on his own, and he was asking, you know, middle school age kids what Operation Game Thief was, and they were saying, oh, if someone steals your games, you know, your video games or something, you know, you can catch them. So are we dated? Are we not? Or we need to brand ourselves more? That's a question that, um, you know, I'm dealing with, but I love when it says wildlife crime stoppers. There's no guessing. You know what we're trying to do. Maryland Wildlife Crime Stoppers. It's there. Tip. Tip's a great, you know, branding tool. Turn in a poacher. I love that. But if you tell ask kid what a tip is without turning a poacher, you know, but wildlife crime stoppers is it, it, you don't have to brand it. It is what it is. It's there. So, but that's my opinion. <laughs> and you get a lot of that on here. It, it's great that every state has an opportunity to have the sportsmen connect and have the sportsmen help and have them do it anonymously if they want. And then sometimes we can give rewards if those people want rewards or if we have people that really aren't related to the sportsmen 
the wildlife portion of it. Maybe they're just Joe Blow and they, they heard if I could get $1,000 if I tell them about my neighbor who just dragged the moose in his backyard or the kill the elk and stuff it in his trunk. You know, I, th- Those people are out there. We, we pay rewards. Operation Game Thieves are designed to pay out rewards for people that want it. It's an incentive for those people that want that money. But most of the people don't want that money. They want to stop it. They want to stop poaching. That's just an awesome thing. And these nonprofits, these state entities, give you the ability to do that through the game wardens. It connects you to the game wardens. And that's an awesome opportunity. It helps you stop wildlife crime by using them. You know, I hear, I don't want to be a rat. No, no, you want to be a hero. There's no more rats in this world. I want heroes. I want guys that care. I want guys that are want to stand up and say, hey, that's wrong. Stop it. You can do it anonymously. That's great. Let us do our job. We, we need more heroes. And those that don't hunt and don't fish, you know, and if they see the guy that comes out to the roadside, looks both ways and doesn't think anybody's there and they drag a deer out and throw it in the trunk real quick, you know, if you think it's wrong, it probably is. Use your senses. I always believe in that sixth sense because I've had it happen to me several times that something inside me tells me something's wrong. And guess what? It's wrong. Anybody knows that. They get that feeling when people are uneasy or something's going wrong. They don't have to be a sportsman. They don't have to be a wildlife watcher. They don't have to be an outdoors person. They just know instinctively as a human that is wrong behavior and that's going wrong. And I need to to say something. I love the airports. You know, if you see something, say something. That's that's exactly the the what I want you to do. If you see something, say something. I want you to report it to Operation Game Thief, turn in a poacher, wildlife alert, wildlife crime stoppers. I want you to be a hero. And now I'm going to get off my soapbox because Greg's going to get on his soapbox. Greg Serpice is just one of these people that has the passion as much as a game warden, and maybe just like you, you have a passion to, to help us. You have a passion that you want to listen to this. You want to hear our stories about catching bad guys. And Greg's one of those guys. He, he's one of those heroes that's not in a uniform. He's one of those guys that helps facilitate that information to get to the right places so these things can be stopped, so poaching can be stopped. And Greg's no different than you. If you're not an officer, Greg is no different than you. So he just got involved. He got involved with Operation Game Thief, and he's now the chair, and he's been the chair for a while. And you're going to hear him talk about it. You're going to hear about Greg's passion. Uh, Greg brings a whole lot to Operation Game Thief Maine. And they are one of the ones that I looked at when I was creating Operation Game Thief in New Hampshire again. I saw the success that they had, and I'm like, we can have that. So I use them as a template, call up Greg on a regular basis and run things by him and give him, you know, let him give me ideas and really used his knowledge. I, I got to really put, take my hat off to Greg because uh, outstanding work. And thank you. Thank you from all the game wardens. Thank you for doing what you do. Thanks for listening because uh, this is episode nine and uh, we're having a, a great time. I broke 5,000 downloads. That's that's impressive, I hear, in the podcast world. A uh, little more than three months, and we've got 5,000 downloads. Share it with your friends that you think might like this. Share it, have them subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public. All the big ones that our Warden's Watch is there, YouTube, Facebook. So you, you guys are helping me by listening. Just like uh, Greg, I'm, I'm trying to get the word out there. I'm trying to get you that relationship with your game wardens nationwide. I want you to know what they do, what they strive to do, how they save lives, how they put their lives at risk to save others. And it's just a, it's an awesome feeling and it's an awesome thing for me to segue to be that catalyst between the wardens and the listeners. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the catalyst between uh, Greg Serpis and you guys this time. And this is really important stuff. Uh, Greg probably doesn't have a lot of poaching stories, have a lot catching the wildlife crime fighters, but it's, it's really important that you listen to Greg and how important wildlife crime stoppers are, Operation Game Thief is. So thank you very much. OGT, how long have you been involved with Maine OGT? Ten years, since 2009. I've been the chairman for five. Now, how did you hear about Operation Game Thief to start? Well, at the time, I worked here at yeah. Cabela's, and the chairman was Chuck Allen, 
who's a retired game warden, and uh, we had been communicating back and forth for a sponsorship for an event OGT was doing, mm-hmm. and we met and developed a working relationship. And about three months later, Chuck asked me if I would consider being on the board of directors because I think he knew that I was passionate about, you know, Operation Game Thief, mm-hmm. and he and uh, he was a retired game warden, and uh, he had reached out to me as the Cabela's retail marketing manager uh, in regards to a sponsorship for an event they were doing. I think it was a uh, a fun shoot. We worked with Operation Game Thief, and I got to know a little bit about the organization, the mission, the vision. Being an outdoorsman, I was instantly attracted to the mission. And I ran it up the ladder at corporate and told them that, uh, you know, that this was an opportunity for Cabela's to take the lead in the outdoor retailers Mm. to um, show support for, you know, anti-poaching. And I was able to pitch that to them. They agreed. So we started a, a working relationship with Main Operation Game Thief, and it developed into a very small sponsorship into a very large one over the years. And then, of course, once I got involved on the board uh, for Main Operation Game Thief, I had a direct connection, which some people could consider a conflict of interest. So, again, I wanted to make sure that the corporate office was aware of the fact that I was also a board member, not only their retail marketing manager. And they was... You know what? I've heard that so too many times over my career, conflict of interest. It's in our interest. It really is. It's in our interest. And Wayne, honestly, it took me about 15 seconds to convince them. They stopped me and said, look, we're good with this. We want you to run with this. So that was the beginning of really stepping outside the box for main operation game thief. They'd always been just a group of wealthy businessmen that enjoyed the outdoors, that asked friends for money. And that money paid for these confidential tips. When I got involved, we were in the process of evolving into a much bigger organization. We were kind of behind the eight ball in a lot of areas. Our, uh, we've been around for 30 years. And our website, when I joined in 2009, hadn't been touched since 1995. Wow. Well, today's day and age, you realize how important social media is, how important Mm. it is to keep your website active, to keep traffic coming back to that. Absolutely. So we're very proud of some of the progress that we've made uh, over the years with social media and the website. When I started the Facebook page for Operation Game Thief, I told the board, I need your help. I need you to help me spread this, share this. Mm. We'll be lucky to get 500 likes. We're up to almost 2,000 likes. Wow. Nice job. I think we still have the ability to go much further. Absolutely. I I consider social media to be low hanging fruit. It's just there, ready to be picked. It's free. It's a great opportunity for you to get exposure for your organization. And for people to understand what your mission is, what your vision is, because there are so many groups, nonprofits, so many groups that are out trying to raise money, you've got to put your best foot forward. Absolutely. So that you can get your share of that pie, because there's only so much to go around. And it's it's difficult because everybody's cause is a good cause. Absolutely. And as a as a contributor, you can't say yes to everybody. So you have to pick and choose mm-hmm. what you're going to do. O- o- Main OGT has been very fortunate to have the support and sponsorship that we have. We've got sponsors that have been with us for 20 plus years. I mean, that's unheard of. Right. But I think the fact that we work so hard and that we don't have any administrative costs. The money goes directly to the reward program, to sending our wardens to conferences and seminars and that sort of thing, training, uh, all kinds of other things. So I think people realize that the good work that we do is paying off in the field. Mm. No, it's it's certainly demonstrated. And when, when I came back in, when I came into OGT, at the first uh, International Wildlife Conference in Bar Harbor, you know, I just saw the success of Maine and Texas stood right out to me. 
and both have nonprofits. So me rebuilding New Hampshire, you know, I, I used you guys as templates. You know, you guys had been there, done that. Sure. And I, I think you know all those things you said, and yeah, social media being low hanging fruit. I, you know, I used to tell people to do stuff on social media. I never had to do it myself until recently, and uh, yeah, it's it's been a learning curve. That that's it's really. <laughs> that meant something. So, well, not only is it a learning curve, it's a full time job. I mean, mm. you have to. I liken social media to a garden. If you don't weed it and you don't water it and you don't take care of it, it's not going to grow. No, it's that simple. Good point. And you have to, you have to take care of it every single day. If somebody goes to your site three or four times and the same stuff is there what incentive is there for them for them to go back no so you've got to keep it fresh you've got to keep it active and the the availability of live streaming broadcasting being able to post pictures is stuff that draws people right i think you'll find that if you look at sites that do video and pictures versus just um Text. text they're going to have a lot more traffic. Right. Those are the type of things that generate interest. Yep, and that's and what engages me. Exactly. You know, the picture catches my eye, and then I'll read the caption. Exactly. Yeah, no. And you had mentioned Wildlife Crime Stoppers, the International Wildlife Crime Stoppers. This is an organization that, as you know, I'm the marketing director for. I'm very passionate about that because it's what we do here in Maine on a national and international, as far as that goes, uh, U.S. and Canada, the eight, eight provinces of Canada. And everywhere that I go, I preach the benefit of having a nonprofit be able to work for you because as a warden service or a DNR or whatever your agency's called, you can't solicit donations. You, there's a lot of things you can't do. Right. And your association members from being retired or whatever aren't necessarily willing to go out and pound the pavement constantly. But if you have a nonprofit that represents you, they can do a lot of things for you that you can't do. And you don't have to worry about that conflict of interest. You don't have to worry about a, a law enforcement officer out there soliciting. You know what I mean? You've got a private citizens that belong to the nonprofit that are indirectly connected to the organization that can solicit for you. They can represent you. There's a lot of benefits to having a nonprofit. And mm. uh, so I try to tell everybody, no matter where I am, if they don't have a, a nonprofit, they're missing the boat. They really are. Right. Because you have the ability to put a lot of people to work for you for instance uh, here in maine we've got uh, a board of directors which is 11 members we have a resource council which is great because these are folks that work on events with us Mm -hmm. and they start to learn the whole process and the mission and when you have a board of director retire or step down you have a handful of people that are ready made already know the drill that you can call upon to have be a board member, and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. They've already worked events. They already know these things. And how many do you have in that group? We have, I think it's around 26 right now. Wow, that's and impressive. I, well, it really is, but yes. I'd like to grow it more. And yeah. the way that we grow it is that we have another branch, if you will, called Friends of OGT. And that's an annual membership. It's uh, it's minimal. You can go to our website. By the way, our website is www dot mainogt.org um, <laughs> very similar to ours but you can go to exactly <laughs> but you can go to the website and you can see what you get just for being you get a bunch of swag for being a, a friend of ogt uh-huh. and there's places for volunteers to sign up for different events that we have one of the things that i really want to do is we have a one of our committees uh is information and education committee i really am interested in getting to our youth because I think it's important for kids to understand this heritage that we have. Mm. These kids are the future stewards of this resource, and it's our responsibility to make sure that they know the ethical way to do things, why it's important for the resource to be taken care of, because if it isn't, it could go away someday, and that scares me. Yeah, you I know? would agree. People don't realize in Maine, 
there's roughly 50,000 deer taken legally, annually. Our biologists and some of our warden service staff believe that the same amount is taken illegally. Now, let's say that they're wrong. It's only half of that. Hmm. 25,000 deer taken illegally, that puts a strain on the resource. Absolutely. So we have to make sure that our kids understand just how precious this resource is and what we have to do to protect it every single day. You know, and uh, I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it till I die. To us, poaching is no different than stealing from the shelf. I personally don't believe that poaching will ever go away. And as long as it's here, Maine OGT will be there to answer the bell. And I firmly believe in what we're doing. So much that you didn't do it for International Wildlife Crime Stoppers as well. Exactly. You and know, you know that, that's passion, Greg. You know, that's, that's passion here. That's passion spread. And uh, certainly to appreciate that passion. That's what you need to do these jobs as you know it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that uh, people who know me know that I don't lack conviction. Yes. No, that's, uh, that's very clear. <laughs> you know, as a, as a young kid, I lost my dad when I was 17 years old. And the memories that I have with my dad are fishing with him. Mm. And those are memories that I want to pass on to my family. Absolutely. And That's just... To lose your dad at such a young age, those memories are so valuable to me because you can't, you can't replace anything like that. Right. You know, the fact that my dad was so ethical, I think, is one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this mission that we're on. Right. And then, you know, somebody that's that ethical, and then you take the other guy that's so unethical, you know, and you put them fishing in the same pond, it's a totally different result. And, you know, that's, it, that's why the guy that's ethical watches the other guy catch all these fish. And now it's, he's, you know, to report, he needs a venue to do that, so which we're providing. Absolutely. So. And I'm glad you brought that up, Wayne, because I want people to know that main OGT is completely confidential. It is 100% anonymous. We will never, ever, ever ask anybody to testify in court. Right. We would walk away from a case before that happened. You have to, or you, you, the whole process is now fouled. Exactly, and that's what gives our program such credibility. And at the risk of sounding arrogant, I think that's why Maine is one of the leaders in the nation of our program, because mm-hmm. we're, we're so... We're so dead set on making sure that we protect the people that are helping us. And let's be honest, we've got about 100 game wardens in this state. This is a big, big state. Very. 100 game wardens cannot possibly cover this state. No. Our Marine Patrol, we've got 3,500 miles of coastline. Wow. We've got about 35 or 40 Marine Patrol officers. They can't do it. No. So we rely on the people in the field to be our eyes and ears and to let us know what's going on. And we, I personally make sure that every complaint gets followed up because I want to make sure that we're not leaving any stone unturned. Right. It's hard enough to get people to report. Mm. And if we report or if they report and we don't follow up on that, then shame Shame on on us, us. You know, and I refuse to let that happen, and we have done so well with uh, our program. I'm, I'm incredibly proud of the success that we've had. No, I and would be too. Like I said, it's never going to end. We're never going to stop it, but by God, we're not going to stop trying. Right. You know, Make a dent in it. Exactly. You know, bring that sportsman in so he has the ability to report. So, And that's something I think we've got to change the sportsman's mentality to, too, because it's always a here, I don't want to be a rat. You know, and sure. you're not being a rat. You're being a hero. You're 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 defending the resource, just like that game warden is. So I agree. I mean, think about what we talked about earlier. Can you imagine twenty five thousand deer being taken illegally? Can you imagine that? Think about that number twenty five thousand. That's a lot of deer. And we think it's more than that. This mm. is a conservative figure. That's a conservative figure. That That's has a, a lot huge of deer. impact on the resource. Uh, absolutely. You know, and uh, it's easy for us to deplete something when we're not paying attention. 
And this is why I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, you know, a lot of ebbing and tying goes, at least in New Hampshire, we kind of ebbed and we tied. You know, it went to the, you know, it became a 1-800 number that wasn't really promoted. And then, you know, I started watching what you guys were doing in Idaho, Texas, and started to hang out with you guys and suck up some of your information and made it happen in New Hampshire. Now I got passionate people like yourself on a board that's, uh, we're, we're, we're producing, uh, and it's a very it's a very proud thing to do to watch it come from one thing to another. Yeah, so. and if for me, Wayne, it's uh, it's really neat to see the transition from one stage to the next stage mm. to the next stage. We started out with an eight hundred number, which we still have. Yeah, it's one eight hundred alert us. Yeah, and from there, it kind of shifted more to hits on the website versus the phone call. Right. We still get phone calls. We're always going to get phone calls. Absolutely. But now we're looking into the next phase. I'm hoping that I can report soon that we will have a, a TIP 411 app available so that we can have real-time mm. information. Think about me reporting something to you, sending you a picture of a license plate and the violation in real time, how much it's going to help get you to the scene much much quicker versus right. the old days of not getting the message until three or four hours after the incident happened mm-hmm. and one of the things that i try to stress to people when i speak to groups and uh, we have a whole section on our website is that we ask that not only that you report but that you be what i call a good reporter mm. if you report something that a black truck happened to be going by this big lake on the north side of the state that's yeah. a that's a lot of ground to cover that's so if you can say and that a, comes in quite often it does it does and if you can say it's a black ford with license plate number yada 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 mm-hmm. uh, it happened on sebago lake and it's near the songo locks or whatever right gives us that so really, much more to it go does, on. It does, and it's real time. So if we have somebody in the area, it puts them there that much quicker. Mm. So so not only do we want people to report, we want them to be a good reporter. Right. Give us as much information. You can't give us too much information. No. You know? No. Nope. I think that we've made a, a really good amount of progress for getting people to give us better information. One of the other areas that we're having some trouble, which is actually a double-edged sword, is that our number, our 800 number, and our website have become so familiar that people are using it for stuff that really doesn't have anything to do with Operation Game Thief. Like other questions and that type of thing? they will report ATVs tearing up property or uh, something that is outdoor-related but not necessarily poaching or overfishing. I have that other category in mind too and that grows every year with those types of things. Exactly. So we don't want to discourage anybody from reporting. I'm thrilled that they know what the number is and that they can use it that quickly. But we also need to try to educate the public a little bit better on how to inform us correctly of different violations. And that's something that we're, we're working on this year to launch on our website to uh, make it a, uh, have some more clarity about how to report certain violations. No, I, I, I would agree because as an officer, when you get that type of information, you know, the black truck going here, you know, you, you almost don't even want to go investigate it because it's, it's fishing, yeah, fishing without bait. And when you have such a limited amount of resources. To take one they, officer from here to there. You can't have an officer going on a wild goose chase no. trying to figure something out so the the, the and that leaves a bad taste in the officer's mouth it really too. does it really does so and then when he gets uh, uh another ogt kill you know another operation game thief i gotta go to that just sucks because the last five have been sucky so you're right and uh so we're really working hard to make sure yeah, that quality information agreed yeah so we've we've made a lot of progress over the past few years but we still have a lot of opportunity and right you know, we're 11 volunteers. I think we do a hell of a job considering. Uh, you know, from what I've seen today, you guys do a, a hell of a job. You so, know, it's um, very impressive to see everybody to weigh in. You got quite a crew here today at the, you know, the moose drawing here at Cabela's and Scarborough. It's it's 
pretty awesome. I, I, it's it's great. I don't know whose idea was this to to make this an event, but they were smart to take these moose drawings and say, hey, we can spin this and well, we can make it an event. I'm going to toot my own horn for a minute, for a minute, if you don't mind. Uh, the moose drawing lottery has always been held on thir- Thursday uh, afternoons instead of Saturdays. Uh huh. And back in 2010, I convinced the commissioner to change it to Saturdays because we were going to be hosting it in 2011 here at Cabela's. Uh huh. And I, my pitch to the commissioner was people work during the day, so they have to take the day off to come here. They have to leave work early. They have to deal with how am I going to take care of my kids while I'm leaving work or not going home. I said, Commissioner, if you do this on a weekend, each venue could make an actual weekend event, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, out of it. You could have events for kids to get kids involved because we want the youth to know about this. Mm. And we want them to learn this tradition, and we want them to become part of the outdoors. And so the very first Saturday Moose Lottery drawing in Maine was held here at Cabela's in 2011 when I was a retail marketing manager. Wow. And we had uh, 6,000 people here that year. I had 54 vendors here. We had activities going on all day long. And the next drawing was going to be held in Rangeley. And it was being sponsored by the Rangeley Guides Association. And they came to me and said, (laughs) we don't want to reinvent the wheel. Can you help us? I said, of course. Great. And that was a great in for Operation Game Thief to get involved up in the Rangeley area. We actually picked up a board of director member from Rangeley. We had a, a, a huge amount of exposure in Rangeley. And every year since, it's been held on a Saturday. So I take great pride in saying that I was the one that suggested to the commissioner that we move this event to a weekend. And it's been on a Saturday ever since. And as you should, Greg, because as I'm looking at this event and I'm thinking, when we actually had moose permits, why didn't we do something like this? Because this, like you said, it gets everybody involved. It's an opportunity to, to spread the news of Operation Game Thief, uh, get kids involved, uh, you know, and promote an area, too, especially where it moves around the state of Maine. That's that's awesome. Speaking of promoting, which is a great segue, I have an item that I do want to talk to you about. Let's talk then. Um, August 3rd of this year, uh, we're holding a charity softball game at Hadlock Field, which is home of the Portland Sea Dogs. The game is going to be called Northwoods Throwdown, and it's going to be a charity game <laughs> between... I hadn't heard the name yet. I love it. <laughs> it's going to be It's going to be a charity game between the Maine Warden Service, the Stars of Northwoods Law, and the New Hampshire game wardens, their stars of Northwoods Law. And it's also going to benefit Make-A-Wish Maine and New Hampshire, as well as the uh, International Wildlife Crime Stoppers. So we've got five different entities that are going to benefit from this game. The tickets are the best deal in town. The tickets are 5 to $9, depending on what you want. And where you want to sit. Where you want to sit. They're available at www.porttix.com and uh, you just go there and you can uh, just scroll down and you'll see Northwoods Throwdown there. We've got all kinds of raffle prizes that we're working on. We've got a whole bunch of celebrities that we're trying to get here. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff happening. you got celebrities just in the North, Northwoods Law Crow. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we're going to have... We're going to have all kinds of items available for sale as a fundraiser that can be autographed by the Stars of Northwoods Law. Not, I don't have the list finalized of everything that we're going to have, uh, so I don't want to promise anything, but it's going to be a great, great event. And in the next week, the Maine Operation Game Thief, New Hampshire Operation Game Thief, the Maine Warden Service, the New Hampshire Warden Service are all going to do a social media press release blitz on social media it'll be done at the same time it'll all get us some huge exposure from maine and new hampshire and this isn't a one-time thing what we'd like to do is we'd like to alternate so next year we'd like to hold the game in new hampshire and then the following year come back to maine 
We like to continue this back and forth. You've heard us talk about International Wildlife Crime Stoppers quite a bit uh, during this podcast. It's because it's a, it's a, a, a really worthy cause. Mm. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to make that organization self-sufficient. And we want every state in the country to belong to this association. We have eight provinces in Canada that belong. And if we can get a steady flow of revenue going into the till for IWC, then we can be very, very successful on the local level with all of the state organizations that want to get started or enhance their programs. Mm, Totally agree. So we've got a ton of opportunity here. We've just scratched the the surface of some of the things you that you got to start can. somewhere scratching the surface is a good spot you're right so i mean we're just now getting the ball rolling for where we want to be yeah and you know the nice part is the price because guys like aaron cross that has four kids you know can actually afford to come to the softball game Absolutely. you know that's that's a great place to bring a big family you know and, and relatively inexpensive day that those kids are going to remember the rest of their lives. So they're going to make that impact, and hopefully we're going to make that connection. It's amazing to me, Wayne, the the stars from Maine Northwoods Law are still recognizable today. (laughs) Absolutely. Rick LaFlame was here today, and he was in plain clothes. He had a 5 o'clock shadow, and people were still coming up to him, getting pictures and all of that stuff. And, I mean... You guys have been doing this now for, what, three or four years? Yeah, we're just coming up on the fourth year. Fourth year. So it hasn't been here for four years, and they still recognize oh, all agree. of these stars. And, again, that's credit and to the marketing that went along with it fr- sure. from your state, from, you know. So Absolutely. Definitely. And you guys have had great success with it, too. So we Very think well. that we're really going to draw uh, a crowd from Maine and New Hampshire to this game. I, I, and, I uh, would agree with you. I, think, I, uh, I, I want to give the uh, website address again because when the tickets are gone, they're gone. Right. And we want to have so get them now. Get their tickets now before yeah. uh, it's sold out. I got a plan August 3rd, Saturday, August, August 3rd. 3rd. The gates will open at 4 o'clock in the afternoon to purchase your tickets in advance, which is cheaper than the day of the show. You can purchase them at www.porttix.com. I will make sure that both Maine and New Hampshire OGT have that link up on their website in the next couple of days so that if they can't remember it, they can go to our website, click it, and it'll take it right to them. Great. We're going to try to get that on International Wildlife Crime Stoppers website, too? Actually, that's a great idea. We'll we'll include them in the total blitz. Absolutely. We'll do the whole media package with them as well. Yeah. No, that's great. And that's what, you know, these nonprofits are promoting it so people know that they can donate. You know, even if you can't make the game, you know, the money is part of it, you know. Absolutely. And it helps support these guys that are stopping poaching. So, and uh, that's what, you know, the marketing does. That's what the, the, these games do to get people involved, to keep them, give them ownership kind of, so to speak, that, hey, I'm part of this too. Sure. So, and just coming to that ba- softball game, that that's makes them part of it. I agree. So, uh, do we have time to talk about another subject? We absolutely have time, Greg. So, I wanted to talk about, uh, we're, we're doing a wildlife crime stoppers northeast regional conference Mm. in september the last time we did it we had 26 agencies from the northeast it was a huge success i was there it was and uh the amount of networking that was done and the trading of ideas um and best practices for different uh groups to learn what other states are doing is huge and uh if you're a, a warden or a law enforcement officer, a conservation officer, I encourage you to reach out to us about this because this is a great seminar, uh, uh, excuse me, a great conference with several seminars. This will be a great way for us to continue this mission that we're doing for IWC. Absolutely. And it gives some of those regions that don't have access to go to the the conference the national conference it's a little closer to home and uh absolutely they they can reach out and uh get some of the benefits of the regionalization sure just about all of the agencies were able to drive which is yes much more affordable than flights and all of that so yeah i just got my tickets for nevada and yes it's going to be a whole lot cheaper absolutely to, (laughs) to drive so we're uh, we're looking forward to doing that as well. Yeah, no, exciting stuff going on. So and we got you know, a lot of irons in the fire to have someone like you working with us that has so much experience in this realm. 
because uh yeah you when you put things together like I, I look at this this moose lottery event greg and and i had no idea when i asked that question that you you were responsible for it i'm not supposed to ask questions i don't know the answers to but i, I just look at this event and i'm just overwhelmed that we could take something that used to be state you make it an event you know we're live here with a podcast and uh you can hear everybody around us it's done Tons of people here and tons of people getting selected and everybody's having a good time. We're getting out the Operation Game Thief message. We're getting out the IWC message. and It's great, Wayne, because you have, you have instant access to people that are interested in what it is that you do. Right. You know, in marketing, they say that it costs eight times more to get a new customer than it does to keep the one you already have. Mm. All of these people that are here today are our customers. Right. We don't have to spend all of that money to get them here. They're right. already here and they're, they want to know what we're doing. And it's an opportunity for us to spread our, our mission and our vision and for them to want to be able to support it. And uh, we're not reinventing the wheel. This is... Right. This is what we do. Right. And it's worked out really, really good for us. Yeah. No, 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 it has. And, uh, you know, it gave me an opportunity to actually sit down with you and talk about this stuff, which I think is uh, really cool. So, well, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled that I get to sit with you today. And I appreciate everything that you've done for this uh, event and all of the other events that we've been involved with. And I do want to clarify one thing. You've given me a lot of credit today, but there's a big team of people there is. that are responsible for the things that we've been able to accomplish and the <laughs> things that we're going to do in the future. Right. So one man, one idea, and we run with it, and that's that. So Right. And you are right. There are many, many people that help to make it success. Just because you're at the head of the ship, the, you know, the captain may get the credit, but it's certainly the crew that, that steered the ship. It's, so It's true. Also, Wayne, while I have the opportunity, I want to thank every single warden, a marine patrol officer, conservation officer, because they are the, tr- in my mind, they're the true heroes. I- they are the people that stand between good and evil and protect this resource, which if it ever goes away... We're done. It's game over. Right. And we're seeing it go away in some places. We you are. know, Africa fighting tooth and nail for every animal, and we're losing those battles, you know? The thing is, Wayne, we've got a lot of things working against us that we have no control over. In northern Maine, the coyotes are doing devastating things to the deer. Right. And so it's just another reason that it's all that more important mm-hmm. to protect the resource as best you can. Right. You know, you can't be out in the woods in the middle of the night keeping a coyote <laughs> from getting a deer. I mean, it just right. doesn't work that way. Yeah, we're losing that balance. We really are. So we have to do everything that we can to make sure that we take really good care of this precious right. resource. And, I, and I, I talk about this a lot in this program, but management is, you know, with preserving the land. We got the biologists to tell us how to do it. Then they make the laws, but they forget about the guys who enforce it to make sure all that works. We're part of that management plan. In a, in a big scale, and I think nationwide we're being forgotten or we're being used for other resources, whether it's park rangers or other things. We need to get back to being game wardens and being our focus and protecting those resources. I agree with you, and speaking of management, here's another thought. If we don't have accurate numbers on what's being poached, how can we possibly manage the resource correctly? No, you're right. You know, I mean, if we think it's 25000 but it's really 70000 We've got some. We've got some work to do because we, do. we can't be that inaccurate. So no, do I, it's never going to go away. I get that, but we have the ability to change how it is. Yeah, and I hope that someday we can say that we're gaining. Right. Nope. I, I think in doing everything we're doing, I hope we're gaining. <laughs> it's hard to measure. Everybody pull, pulling at the same oars. I think uh, we're, we're we're in the right direction and we're getting there. And I think we got more inertia than we ever have in what what i've seen i agree so i absolutely uh, agree yeah but great we're gonna tie it up we're here live again so uh, i don't know what people are going to be here in the background greg I'm, I'm hoping this all comes out good and we get my fingers crossed so podcasting is new to me but I, I keep charging ahead and i'm learning every day well i really appreciate you having me today wayne really appreciate your support of operation game thief from both of our states and it was a pleasure to be with you so hey, thank you thanks so much greg i really do appreciate it 
So thanks for listening to episode nine. But I'm going to plug episode 10, 11, and 12. Going to be with Eric Fluett for two episodes back to back. That's three hours of podcasting that Eric and I sat down and we could have done more. Eric and I have a great relationship. We worked hard together. We played together. We went scuba diving. We vacationed together. Just, you know, a lot of my guys I hung out with and I really enjoy them. So they're they're my family. And uh, you can tell when me and Eric have this podcast together, we have, we're charismatic. We, we enjoy it. We laugh, we cry. And I think that's important. You know, it's, it's, it's part of being a game warden. It's our lives. And I think yeah, that's reflected in this interviews. So it's going to be back-to-back podcasts with conservation Eric Fluett out of the Errol area, New Hampshire. And he has his canine moxie. And Eric's been on uh, Northwoods Law a lot. You're going to have that connection there. You're going to be able to see him and see him and hear him and some of his background pretty interesting and you're, you're going to get a lot of laughs out of it and uh, see how serious it is to be a game warden at times too. Everybody that knows me, I'm happy-go-lucky guy, but everybody that you know saw me on television was like, wow, you're, you were so serious, Wayne. And I'm like, it's a serious job. I've got to get that through. It's a great job. It's a fun job, but it's a serious job. And you're going to hear that. And then Chris McCabe is going to be followed through there all before the big Northwoods throwdown. So I'm going to get those guys that were highlighted in the social media advertisements because I want you guys to connect to him. I want you to see Eric Fluett and have that connection to hear him talk about his experiences being a game warden. I want you to hear Chris McCabe's experiences about being a game warden and connect to those guys and then connect to all of us. And then go see that softball game or connect to International Wildlife Crime Stoppers and just get that feeling, get that like you're part of our family because that's, that's what I want. You know, I want you guys to be part of it. I want you to get that connection. I want to be the catalyst between the public and the game wardens to get that backstory. I'm looking forward to the next three episodes. It's going to be exciting. And then we'll switch gears. We'll go out of state. But for, for now, I'm going to stick to home. Some guys that I know really well with some great podcasts. So, and you're going to enjoy it. Hang on. Get excited for episode 10, 11, 12. Those are going to be awesome episodes this summer. I hope you look forward to them as much as I do. So hang on. I'm glad you listened to episode nine and hang on for episode 10. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures, protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public, and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experience of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves game wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch.